0: all right hello and welcome back to this week's edition of the omni talk fast five it is may 21st holy cow heading into memorial day weekend and i'm joined as always by my partners in arms and mazinga Ann, how's it going
1: today uh it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood
0: is it is it you have your Mr. Rogers shoes on. Your sweater. What's going on? Looks oh, like you're I wearing wish. flannel.
1: I wish. No, I'm, it's it's Memorial Day weekend. I got my Memorial Day weekend gear on right now. So nothing says so like Memorial gonna, Day
0: weekend like a J. Crew flannel or like, like red, white, what
1: and what blue plaid. Come on. Oh,
0: all right, awesome. All right. I gotta check in. check you out. Get it, uh, Carter? How you doing we'll today? Put it on. We're, we're, are, well, you're wearing a blue sweatshirt today, Chris. really switching things up. Oh, it's a t-shirt. I'm t-shirting oh, what? it today. T- yeah, t-shirt? I know. That's I went, crazy. Well, it's summer. Got to get in the summer swing. What about you, Emma? How are things there?
2: Very good. Not much has changed.
0: But Not much but... has changed. You virtually graduated last week. We saw the announcement on social media. You had cap and gown, full diploma you're a graduate. picture. You have what your undergrad like?
3: from a very prestigious school now
2: hey and i'm gonna get my graduate degree from there too because i got into the u for grad school
1: school.
0: what's the program
2: it is apparel studies with a like focus on retail and consumer studies
0: awesome congratulations how was the pasta dinner that you what was it again that you were really really geeked up about Cannolis?
1: Tortellini. cheese tortellini okay. tortellini cheese tortellini it was very good
0: in a red sauce right that's very what it good. was right it was yep. it was fabulous it was good it was it, good yeah good, good, good. worth it Carter, we lost you there for a little bit. So I switched over to Emma, but like, what's the news? What's, what's the haps? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, sorry. So uh, well, what's today? going on?
3: You know, I'm four doors down from, from Anne and I can feel the Memorial Day excitement coming from her home, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, we're just going to enjoy the next couple of days with our immediate close little family here, continue on the quarantine fun and yeah, it should be a good time. So hopefully it's beautiful here in the great state of Minnesota.
0: Yep. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we both got our backwards baseball hats on we're ready to roll Anne's got a red white and blue nostalgia ready to rock and emma is our newest graduate so and for those watching us uh uh, on youtube or on social media you also notice we have a couple friends involved in our podcast today and that is of course against their will (laughs) against it yeah they don't know that but they're here clear yeah and that is jeff Jeff and Terry. So you might, if you're just listening to the podcast, you might want to switch over to the YouTube channel and check that out because this one is an all-time Zoom background. But all right, you guys ready to go? I've got some exciting news to share with you, and that is on the sponsorship front. So we are pleased as punch this week to announce that Takeoff is now a sponsor of the Omni Talk Fast Five. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to throw thrive, excuse me, online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. We've long been a fan of theirs, and we've seen their facility uh, down in Florida multiple times. We could not be more excited to have them in the fold. Uh, We think this is one of the technologies, as we've gone on record saying, that's going to be one of the most important as the future of retail plays out. And of course, last but not least, is Trigo. Trigo is developing the most advanced AI and computer vision-based checkout-free system for the grocery industry. Using standard cameras and proprietary algorithms, Trigo converts real-size stores, introducing a frictionless shopping experience. Together with Tesco, Trigo is currently piloting the world's largest checkout-free store. You can also learn more about Trigo by visiting www.trigo.tech. All right. I am pumped. I got feedback last week from a loyal follower that she loved how hyped on caffeine that I seemed.
1: So we're going to roll with that again. Oh and I God. think, if I'm not mistaken, Ann, you
0: have the honors this week. I,
1: I do have the honors of the first story. And just a reminder if you're following us live on LinkedIn, to put something in the comments. You yeah. have something to interject at any point in time, you let us know about it. But until then, we'll get started with story number one. So some of our favorite dining booking platforms are expanding beyond restaurants. So um, there's a couple that we're probably all likely familiar with, uh, Resi, Open Table, and a rather new one called Talk. And these restaurant booking platforms are uh, evolving into other industries. So Talk uh, is one of them. I posted about this this week because one of our members at Third House turned me on to them because he's exploring using Talk for booking appointments for the automobile industry. So service appointments, appointments to go test drive cars, which a lot of these other platforms, Resy and Open Table, are also experiencing. Um, So, Open Table specifically announced one that's for a uh, grocery solution that they're offering free of charge to help control crowds in the grocery stores. And Resi is also rolling out several front and back end tools um, again to monitor capacity. Um, but the the biggest thing here, I think, to pay attention to as far as retailers are concerned is. As malls are opening back up, um, these dining apps could prove as useful tools to help monitor traffic, help facilitate things like curbside pickup, and is already a platform that so many of us are very accustomed to using. Um, And so we'll see what happens once these dining apps start getting rolled out. What do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah, Carter, why don't we go? You you're you're Mr. like curbside pickup du jour of the whatever the phrase is over this COVID period of time, whereas I, you know, don't leave my house out of fear of many things, but um uh, <laughs> no. not all of which are COVID related. But like what what do you think on this whole thing?
3: You know, I they're going to have to do something, right? I mean, when you looked at what the last couple months were for some of these platforms, it went from you know crushing a lot of really successful business and continuing to grow to almost zero. And to make a pivot like this is I think just it, it had to happen, like what else are you going to do? Um, I'll be curious how this continues to evolve, I think over time, um, but time will only tell, so I'm excited to try it out. I think I think i will, I was not really a huge user of any of this type of stuff um, in the last six months year. I, I used them a couple of years ago, uh, some of these platforms, but I think all of a sudden they kind of have a new value when you try to figure out what this new normal looks like, and I'm excited to try some of these out.
0: yeah, you know the thing I'm really big on right now in the last week I think and I think it was spurred on by our podcast last week too huge on this concierge shopping thing, totally. like, you know, like this, like merging of like, say I walk into a restaurant, there's the hostess that greets me. Like what is the, and then, and then in theory, you could like expand. that to like, take me around, do all the things I need to do, facilitate, you know, how I hold my bags as I shop them all, facilitate getting the product to my house, all that kind of stuff, how those two worlds collide and come together. You can see it in the auto industry and the example you shared, but like, what is that next? For retail, given what's going on here, this, this whole concierge idea, you know, inspired by Sam's Club, I pull up and there's somebody there that just helps me do whatever I need to do. Like, I think malls could easily start to experiment with that, with this type of technology. Retailers could too. It's, it's just really interesting to think about.
3: It's, it's also interesting as you see, like the capacity limits being really part of the restaurant rollout plans for so many different States. So restaurants are going to start being able to open with really strict capacity limits. And I'll be curious how the, technological or the tools that are already in place within like the hostess stands and online to to make these appointments are now going to be the way that these restaurants are doing business. And I think, you know, it's going to become the lifeblood of whether they can open or not and whether they can open safely or not. And I think it's a race to who can do it and who can do it best and who can, you know, who already has infrastructure in place that doesn't involve a lot of onboarding for these restaurants. So um, it'll be fascinating to see really who wins.
1: And uh, for our, one of our listeners, Cindy, that name of the first one we mentioned is called Talk, TOCK, T O C K. And so I think, yeah, you guys are you guys are dead on. I think we've seen a lot of news, I guess at least this week, or commentary too, around what the expectation is going to be of consumers coming back to stores now that they've they've developed these habits of picking things up curbside, being able to go in, and especially with platforms like Resi where. Um, you know, now you just put your name in at a restaurant and they know everything about you. They know your phone number. They can text you automatically. Like the the lift from the customer side is so minimal right now and provides so much benefit that I think this is going to be a huge tool.
0: Yeah. That's a really good point too, because like the other thing about this is like, when you talk about that merging of the two concepts, this is low capital. Like you're talking software and a human. Like that's really what's involved here. And so like you could start this and stand this up pretty easily. There's not a lot of excuses. The only hard parts maybe is on the integration on the technical side, but you can decide how much of that you want to bite off. And chew. there's a lot harder to the way you are. So there's a lot of low tech ways to bring this idea together, especially, uh, especially in the short term. All right. This next story is huge. So we gave it to our biggest graduate, stick around too. we've got more exciting stories like we've got our huge debate coming up on jc the rumor of jc pennies and amazon you're going to stick around for the end on that one because ann and i completely disagree on it but first this Let story them decide yeah and please chime in if you're listening ask us questions but this next story is probably the biggest story of the week so emma university of minnesota graduate would you please tell the audience I think I Chris, I thought I, I was story I'm-
2: number 3 and I'm I probably
0: yeah, screwed but, it up. All right, so Carter, okay. here—that's the thing—is it's like you. I know you Emma's also a, a University of Minnesota graduate. The beauty of going go live, folks. No,
3: uh, Emma, I think probably would have read this best. But as you guys know, social commerce is totally up my alley. I would not let this one slide. I demanded that this story had my name next to it because in here's fact, the they deal. Even texted
0: you that this was your story. Didn't <laughs> I? Yeah, sure so is how the sausage is made here. At Army this last
3: this last Tuesday, Mark Zuckerberg got in front of online investors and onlookers and announced a heap of new. Tools that they were announcing. And the biggest one was their announcement of what they're calling Facebook Shops. Now, my favorite quote in the press release was this the joy of shopping versus the chore of buying. And that's what Facebook is looking to do. So Zuckerberg announced a handful of updates on Tuesday, signaling the company's commitment uh, to online shopping and commerce, one of the areas that's continued to be a priority for them across all of their own platforms. So Facebook Shops was the key announcement, and the company is pitching as a way for businesses to create an online store that will span across all of Facebook's own property. So starting just with Facebook and Instagram, but they're already making announcements of how it's going to push into Messenger, WhatsApp, et cetera, giving... Shops and small businesses access to Facebook's 3 billion users. It's incredible. So, users can find shops directly from a retailer's page, so on their Facebook fan page or their Instagram page, or they can click on an ad and they will be directed instantly to an online shopping experience. And this is where the kicker is. Within the Facebook environment and that's the biggest difference with this whole thing so beforehand you know at Facebook had a bunch of tools for small business you could do ads you could do gallery ads you could do Facebook uh, pages you could do Instagram profiles all geared towards your business but anytime they actually wanted to purchase something often you're kicked out into like say a Shopify site or another uh, the you know retailer owned platform now with this new announcement Facebook is actually building the commerce platform within its walls, and so users will never have to leave, which then brings on a whole new heap of opportunity. Uh, for example, later this year, they announced that the Discover tab is actually going to be replaced on Instagram with a Shop tab, which goes back to our whole conversation mm. about the new Shopify mm. app. Of imagine being able to get. Perfect product recommendations from Instagram, from Facebook on everything that you didn't even know you needed. And who knows us better than Facebook and Instagram to make those recommendations spot on. And I'm so excited to see that. So just some stats and I'll, I'll, I'm so curious what you guys think. Uh, so Facebook's, uh, stock was up nearly 6% when they made this announcement and it's up over almost 30% this month alone. And so investors, everyone is loving this. Um, and it's, it's just fascinating to see how, uh, how this will continue to roll out. So it's available to a, a small number of retailers and it will continue to roll out. Um, and they're going to make money two ways. One, they secretly said, kind of deep down that they may potentially put a percentage on every purchase, but at the same time, this is a huge boost to ad dollars. Uh, people are going to want to advertise on Facebook. They're gonna want to advertise on Instagram. They're going to want to put their products there because 3 billion users are there. And what better place to meet them than on Facebook, where they spend hours and hours and hours every single day.
0: All right. Well said, my friend. Well said and well done by the person who was supposed to do the story too. So that was great. That was great. No, I mean, this is massive. This is huge. I mean, we've been talking about, we've been pontificating on this for a really long time it's really interesting to see how it's going to play out. Like Carter, right. It works with shop. I don't care if you said that, but like it works with Shopify. So you can easily integrate that in. You can import
3: your products. Yeah. From Shopify and a few other commerce partners like WooCommerce, et cetera. So you're able to import your product archive from that. Um, So, so yeah, ideally as seamless as possible to transition over.
0: Yeah. So this thing's like, this thing's like tailor made for how, like it's just tailor made for these guys to stand up shops in this thing. And you're right. 3 billion people. Like it gives you a ton of access and, and it, it just puts, I think the part that's cool to me too, is like it puts shopping forward inside like the Facebook application in a different way than probably, you know, people have been historically used to and probably one that could be pretty beneficial, which again shows you like the, what physical stores do, or the traditional ways we have thought about retail are changing so dramatically right now. They were changing already, but so dramatically right now that we don't need them for the same types of things that we did. I just wrote an article about this this morning. Like, I don't need to go to a store to be inspired. My Facebook feed inspires me every single day. Look at how heated it gets people about politics. And I see you shaking your head. What's going through your head?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. You look at the things that they've rolled out just for restaurants to be able to order like what in their Instagram stories that just since COVID started being able to order directly from the restaurant in that image, that was a huge thing to support the restaurant industry right now. So I think it's, it's going to increase more and more. And I think that, um, we'll start to see other forms of shopping kind of take from this too. Like I was, I was talking uh, to a visual search company this week just about how even websites themselves are starting to transform. So it's more images first, like really focusing on either importing images from, from Instagram, from Pinterest that they're being inspired by, products are being inspired by and then that kind of changing over to the way that we're actually shopping those products facebook being able to integrate and facilitate those uh, with partners like shopify and and then i think the next step is what happens with peer-to-peer commerce and once you start seeing mm-hmm. what Shopify's up to in the next story too that will really like just i don't know it's a it's just going to explode shopping as we know it in the next even year i would say
0: yeah, let's go there next because I think you're right. You're hitting on something that's really important. It's like this becomes a platform for so many different things, not just shops, but like all the jobs that we have to potentially get done and how retail plays into that, especially with some of the things Shopify is now doing and launching concurrently to this. And again, it integrates with all this. Like you can really start to see how this world's going to be really different. And it's as much as we like to think that innovation is really far out. This stuff's actually happening pretty darn quickly. So Emma, why don't you do as was planned story number three?
2: All right, so Shopify has announced the new merchant debit card and support for payment installment plans. Shopify Balance is a merchant account with no fees and no minimum balances. The only funds in the account will come from Shopify Payments. Merchants won't be able to deposit additional money, but they will be able to log in, track cash flow, and pay bills. And the account comes with a debit card, virtual or physical. And then Shopify said it will also also offer cash back rewards and discounts on expenses like shipping and marketing. Then they've also announced their own buy now, pay later feature. And then what I love about this is that this just eliminates the need to transfer your money between all of your bank accounts, especially as someone who has experience, you know, selling on different platforms. Mm -hmm. The whole act of needing to transfer your money, wait a few days for it to show up is just tedious and kind of excessive. And then I also really like you can keep your business finances really separate from your personal finances. I think that that's something that'll really help small business owners. And then my last point is that, you know, so much of FinTech has been so cultivated to benefit the shopper, whereas this is really kind of targeted to help the merchants, especially small business owners.
0: Yeah, it's funny when we saw the story and you sent it our way, Emma, was Ann and I saw it. And we were like, okay, what do we include this week? We had this debate. At first, we were like, ah, we're not gonna put this in. And then Ann and I started talking about this. And we were like, holy crap, as we we probably spent 15 to 20 minutes just talking about this story. And we we're like, there are so many angles here that we had not even anticipated we've got to talk about this because this is important. And so, Anne, like, why don't you share like what were some of those things that we were talking about? And yeah. up, that's what Emma just said.
1: <laughs> well, this is the part where I, I early in the show, I'm putting my tinfoil, tinfoil hat on foil and hat? Like banks says we know it are gone. We're done. This is all, it's all peer to peer commerce. It's nobody's going to have their money in banks anymore. But there are a lot of, like, if you're future state thinking, there are a lot of reasons why this is going to dramatically change how me as a, an individual trying to start a store can go about doing that. I mean, Chris, to your point yesterday, the, once this is set up, the only thing stopping me from opening a physical retail store is finding the inventory and, and finding that capital to get that business up and running. But this new platform that shopify has introduced is like cutting out all of the the red tape to get in and open all of their their online forms have been condensed um, all of the like marketing, everything that's happening with this, within this platform is just allowing anybody to get up and open. And they have over a million retailers already on the platform, a million retailers on the platform. You start to look at the integrations that we talked about earlier with Facebook. And then when that extends into WhatsApp and other Facebook, Instagram, other applications, all of this commerce is going to be happening all in this one space that, you know, there's really no need for people to go outside of these applications to buy anything anymore. So what, uh, what does this mean for the future of, of business for the future of startup businesses? Um, there, there's so much to talk about. I mean, mm-hmm. this platform is, is really doing, you know, all that Emma said for the startup part of it too. But then we also get into some of the other, um, Offerings that this provides the merchants, which is doing uh, the the payments on a uh, broken down. Uh, I can't think of the term. I just totally lost it.
0: but The uh, installment financing, lands,
1: installment yeah. financing, yeah. right? Yeah. So or installment
0: payments, not necessarily financing, but installment
1: yeah. payments. Yeah, I think. And then the last piece is just, you know, there is another middleman. So the banks aren't completely going away. Somebody is uh, putting together the, the foundations to allow for Shopify to pay merchants immediately and to uh, make this installment financing possible. Uh, but that won't be announced until the platform is officially online. So
0: yeah, Carter, what do you think about this? You've also you've always been like a Shopify What's the word? File, I'm not a phobe. But you've been a Shopify no, I'm, guy. I'm a
3: big fan of Shopify. I think it's awesome. And I think you know. Here's the deal: is you're a Shopify Shope- fan. shop That's a new word. You can coin that. You'll. I'm t- I that trademark. That, I think. Boom, yeah, go. yeah. There you go. I'm sure, no one's um, ever said that. I'm going to speak to it more broadly here. Every yeah. single week, we see Shopify announcing something new yeah. that supports the merchants on their platform. And it's yeah. amazing. I mean, to tie it back to the the Facebook commerce, like, I mean, at first I was like, oh man, like Shopify might, must be hurting here. Like all of a sudden everyone's just going to build their commerce site on Facebook. It's just a lot easier. But then you realize what, what they've done over the last year in terms of, um, you know, the shipping discounts and, and like, there's so much behind the scene work that they've been investing into that really the customer facing platform is only part of what they what they offer and I think this is just one more announcement to continue to justify why as a small business Shopify should be your first stop
0: yeah and I mean and 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 we run a small business and then I run a small business and like this part of it like setting up your bank account like the fees that are associated with this there's no fees with any of this too so like you know and how you get everything linked together against and like Emma said you're an entrepreneur how's it all linked together how do you get it in and out of one account to the other this is huge like you just start depositing in whatever starts coming in based on what you're selling. You're able to earn credits similar to like frequent flyer miles by holding the deposits. Shopify essentially is getting the deposits, which is freaking brilliant. And you're just getting all those tools. And so like you could see how this is going to morph over time into like digitally speaking again, what are all the things people need? Where the jobs they need to get done and how can we just make it easier for them to stand up commerce? So it's in a lot of ways, it's really cool because It gives all of us a much easier access to starting new businesses, which I think helps things to flourish. And it continues to show there's this convergence really now of, you know, Galloway talks about the big four. I might start coining this, my big three in retail, where you've got the Facebook, the Shopify and the Amazon vying literally for what is that eventual commerce platform in retail, by which everyone can operate, and that's the point. If you stick around for store number five with JC Penney's and Amazon, that I really, really want to come back to. All right, well, let's hit the next story. The next story, if you didn't notice, a lot of people had earnings announcements this week, and specifically, Target and Walmart both had some pretty important uh, announcements on that front. So, at both Walmart and Target, we saw sales uh, jump pretty high in the past quarter. It was interesting that, coincidentally enough. Both companies ran 10% comps in the first quarter. My hunch or my take on that is actually that there's something going on in terms of them just being pretty well positioned uh, in terms of the one-stop shop game and also just being a trusted place for communities to go to when, quote unquote, the S hits the fan. Now, most of the growth came from e-commerce. Walmart sales grew 74%. Walmart's digital sales grew 74% uh, in the first quarter. Now, most of that, of course, was heavily influenced by transactions in later March and April. And then Target as well, saw their online comparable sales jump 141%. Now, the important point here though, is that none of this came without a cost. Margins were definitely hurt at both companies and both companies essentially Uh, singled out the same issues for the most part you had issues of category mix you had a lack of sales in apparel category mix meaning selling more groceries and essential categories which are typically lower margin also not selling any apparel and then of course online fulfillment itself is just more expensive the other portion of this announcement that i would point out that i think is pretty important is around target target specifically in their announcement talked about the live and here's what they said With the acquisition of Delive, those are my words, we can, quote, begin testing the addition of sort centers downstream of our stores within our fulfillment network. These centers, which we expect to be smaller than our average store, will be placed downstream in select markets in which we have a high density of packages being sent to guest homes, end quote. All right. I just said a lot. I said a lot there intentionally. And what are your thoughts on the state of the industry, given what Walmart and Target just reported?
1: Well, I guess the question here is what ha- what ha- that that's first quarter, but what happens and what's the trickle down from the huge surge in e-commerce that both of these um, major big box stores have seen? And I think your point's a really good one—the last mile part of this and the curbside fulfillment. I mean, I don't know if any of you guys have been into a Target or Walmart store and seen how many, and I've seen how many people are working on fulfilling these orders. I mean, our local target is, you know, 25 people packed into a room pulling and trying to, you know, get all these orders put together, like just the, the human power alone to facilitate these orders. Um, It's working, I think right now, because the stores are, there's not as many people coming through the stores going through and the floor pad in the store probably doesn't have to be replenished as frequently because all the orders are being pulled from back of house or from these particular areas. But what happens next quarter? And what are the earnings look like when um, people start to go back out and shop again? And those resources can't be deployed only in stores to fulfilling these orders, I guess, is, is what I'm, I'm looking at when I see those numbers right now.
0: Yeah. And it's an interesting question too, because as people, as we reopen, right, if it continues, like the apparel will shift the mix a little bit because apparel mm-hmm. will come back to some degree, but you're right the habit change of e-commerce you know, is probably going to stick with us and have this deleterious impact. Um, there's a point I want to make on that too, but Carter, what do you think here?
3: Yeah, I think, I mean, there's so many great themes that we have talked about over the last two months in this whole thing, and, and great probably isn't the right word. But And I think you, you bring up a really good point. As the dust settles here a little bit, and as we get into a new normal, whatever the next 18 months looks like, you know, the demand for curbside and the demand for e commerce isn't going to subside back to what it was six months ago. I think you're going to still see a huge demand in that, and it, and it brings it a, a a list of operational questions and a list of operational opportunities, I think too. Um, And, and remember, you know, the Amazon dark stores and like, you know, Amazon is making some moves to figure out like what, what does that last mile look like? And I think you'll probably see the same thing with target and Walmart as well Is from an operations standpoint, when people come back into the store, uh, you know, what does the pick and pack system look like? And is it the same as what we've been able to quickly get together in the last, you know, month or two? Or um, are there permanent differences or permanent changes that are going to to take effect within these uh, companies? I think that the the net is they got to figure out how to uh, get the cost down and continue to maintain the experience level that they've been able to deliver on while making some money off the top as well.
0: Yeah, I think that's the point. I mean, I think, you know, we write about this stuff all the time. We talk about this. If I sit both companies, you know, over the head with a sledgehammer on the fact that, yeah, this is great. But in reality, it's great because you're sitting there sort of as the beneficiary of just the current situation, right? You, you, and what the business model has been for the past 20 to 30 years, which you are a center for these communities. You're still open because you also happen to sell food for Walmart. That's a really important aspect of what you do. So by default, online grocery is going to pick up, curbside pickup is going to pick up. Now, you guys were on those trends but the thing you haven't been on is what, you're t- what you guys are talking about, Anna Carter, which is like, how do you solve the last mile problem? And using, you know, humans to go in and do the picking and the packing off the shelf, whether it's third party with SHIP. I've been trying to figure out what percent of SHIP's volume is, is Target. I haven't been able to figure that out yet. I think that's an important data point in this whole discussion. That stuff's expensive. And where those guys have not been, Target or Walmart more so than Target, but Target especially have not been on the cutting edge, is doing what we talked about at the beginning of the show, hyperlocal fulfillment experimentation. How are you putting that? That's why I singled it out in the earnings statement. They're thinking about something with this, uh, you know, uh, downstream kind of concept, which is different, but it's still hyperlocal and, you know, bringing about the same principles of micro-fulfillment to some degree. And that's where you've got to go, and you've got to go there fast, and you've got to go there quick. And Target has stalled their remodel program, so I'm curious, if they were smart, I think they'd be adding that to some degree, at least from a piloting perspective, into it whenever they start to light it up again. All right. We've been waiting for it. And let's start the debate. Let's all get in here on this one. Especially oh if you're God. online, if you've got a question, you've got some thoughts, if you're watching us on LinkedIn, hit us up. Well, let's well, start. JCPenney's Penney's. We
1: know people on LinkedIn have some very strong opinions. Very I'm strong, especially if you're indication. in um, yes, absolutely. Um, okay, so story number five. According to Women's Wear Daily, an an Amazon team was in Plano this week fueling rumors that is it is in talks with JCPenney, who has declared bankruptcy and is set to close two hundred and forty-two of, of its eight hundred plus stores. So of course, all of this is still speculation. Shloma, I'll make sure to point that out for you. But uh, if if this were to be the case, uh, Amazon is said to be a contender for either or all parts of JCPenney's. And of course, everybody's speculating, you know, is this part of an, an Amazon fashion play? Uh, is it turning all of the JCPenney stores into distribution centers? JCPenney has about 30 freestanding locations with a lot of land that could be converted. So also a real estate play. Um, and while the sale of JCPenney is not uh, certain, a deal would not be expensive given the chain's bankrupt state and depressed stock price. Chris, I would, I think... People know how I feel. I would like to hear what your argument is.
0: Well, I don't know, because I want to hear the pro con here. Because the other thing that's fascinating me about this argument that I think it's important to bring up in context. And I think it's it's good. And I think I think actually
1: it's I'm an running. interesting
0: duality. You got the dukes up, the fingers are pointed. The other thing people are arguing is like maybe it's true, but Coles is a better option. And I can't I, I'm gonna swear I can't effing get I'm not, I can't effing get on board with that for the goddamn life of me. So, and please tell me why that, because I, why is that what people are saying? Okay. What is your point here? Why do you think this is a bad move by me? And
1: if, if you mean by people, yes. you mean me. So. No, Robin thing- Lewis
0: today, Robin Lewis in his last article just said the exact same thing. Okay. My, well, one of my mentors, like, I disagree. Well. So why? Why do you say that?
1: Okay. So he, I'm not, first of all, let me clarify an important point of clarification. I'm not saying that they shouldn't buy JCPenney's and Kohl's and just do the, do the whole thing. Like Fair it's point. Amazon. Let's just do it all. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not stopping that from happening. Uh, and it's Amazon, so they can do that. But my point was Kohl's already has a relationship with Amazon. People have been going to that Amazon to return Amazon products there. So there's, oh. for returns. There's some, just, I'm not even done. Keep I'm going, already getting, keep oh going. my God. I'm it's not going to be a fair
0: fight. I'm being good.
1: So my point was that you also have Coles, who you said, Chris, in your latest Forbes article are using the whole, we're off mall. So that's going to be our strategy. Coles has in many cases, independent boxes or boxes that aren't attached to to retail locations, or sorry, to mall locations. And the malls uh, that JCPenney's are attached to have specific contracts that prevent them from becoming distribution centers. So if Amazon was able to secure those locations, they'd have a whole additional hurdle to get over to try to turn those JCPenney stores into something else. Now, would they turn them into these like mixed use, 80% distribution center, 20%, you know, front of house shopping returns
0: like a target apparel, that should be percent whatever store. Yep.
1: That's possible. But I'm just saying that you already have Kohl's that's in a position where they're they could basically just be completely 100 percent flipped. Um and Amazon already has that relationship set up there. And Coles is going to face a, a similar fate. So
0: I think it, okay. I want to hear I want to hear what Carter and Emma think of this, but I think it's I think that's too simple. Basically what you and this is what Lou Lew, Robin Lewis said too that like Cole's is better because of where the stores are located and their apparel is better was the other thing that was was mentioned in that oh, article. Not. Which I can tell you're not super yeah. keen on. But Carter, Carter anything, he, Carter, Emma, anything here before, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I like, probably an all-time rant.
3: Yeah, I, I'm going to let you do your rant. I think the Cole's argument of being off mall is interesting. I mean- Why? You, well, I-, I Interesting mean, good like, or interesting like- I mean, I just, I don't know if you want to be in- attached to regional malls right now like i don't know if that's the that's the uh, you know benefit now whether that's a big enough deal to be the swing you know probably not but i just i i have a hard time understanding what these malls are going to look like and maybe that's a reason to get in on the cheap but yeah i i don't know if you want to be attached right now
0: yeah emma anything here the
2: way i've been thinking about it because like i just don't know enough about distribution in real estate to really like formulate an opinion so but bad. i've kind of been thinking so if Amazon takes these JC Penny locations, like what's, how do I want to shop at a mall? And like, what if Amazon just like took over the whole mall, every store, oh, they have clothing, to. they have everything, scan and go technology. Like that's how I want to shop going forward. Really no human contact, but like I would go to a mall if it was all Amazon and like, even if they have different brands, but I think like that could be the future of a mall.
0: Yeah. Now we're talking. Now we're talking. I'll give you the 20 bucks later, even though I had no idea you were going to say that in all actuality, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Let's think about what Amazon has been doing, right? They've been getting into grocery. They now have a 10,000 square foot grocery store that runs on Amazon Go technology. They're rumored to be opening one in LA. They've got, they did the GH lab experiment, which was scanning Go technology. They said they have Amazon Go. I love what Emma's saying here. There's some nice aspects to a JCPenney store. One, they're probably typically bigger, more multi-level than what you're going to find at a Kohl's.
1: I debate that, but keep going. Ah, come on.
0: Come on. You know, and I mean, they're anchor spots on the mall, right? I mean, those generally speaking, minimally, you could say they're generally probably, a lot of them are multi-level into some degrees, or they, some of them probably have that proclivity.
1: You're using so, multi-level as a benefit?
0: Yes, for fulfillment, potentially, because you can separate and aggregate that concept out architecturally to do different things for you. And so when you start talking about then getting into what is the backbone architecturally of the mall, then you start to get into really cool things. When you bring in what Germazian was talking about when we interviewed him, saying they become experience centers. So imagine them becoming more places for experience where the entire thing is running on the frictionless technology that is the Amazon platform could walk into one score, one concept could be, and you could make this all the same. You can make it all different, but it really doesn't matter because you can do it in a lot of different ways. And it could be like a walkout technology in some, shop, a scan and go technology in others. There might be a grocery store attached, but Amazon would have the ability to mold and shape this because they'd be the most important anchor tenant in that mall, pulling all the traffic in. Oh, and then by the way, the real estate argument of Kohl's being off price, I do go to that because- Like here's the thing, malls are where they are because that's where people have centered and located themselves for years. That's how people get to them all most efficiently. That's a great place for Amazon to do this. Why would I go try and do this at Kohl's at a strip center where I'm surrounded by probably like the local whatever guy that's like selling God knows what. Like it doesn't matter. There's so much more power and infrastructure Amazon could put into this for the long term. Oh, and last point, and and you hit on this, and I 100% agree with you. It's freaking cheap. Like, who cares? Like, just buy it, and if it doesn't work, so what? The option value of what I'm talking about, if it works, is so huge and so big that it makes sense. Where Amazon – or, sorry, Kohl's as the comparable, far, far more expensive to try to pull that off. And the apparel argument, don't even get me started. Kohl's just sells everything that everybody else does. It doesn't validate freaking Amazon on the apparel front better than anything else. And that's not why I'm guessing why Amazon would try and do something like this. All right. Any last words on that Carter? I see you and you've got, you got to have you, the re, at least the rebuttal.
1: Okay. You also assume that you want to keep the, I think the thing that you're not counting in right now for JCPenney's in the mall locations, you still have a lot of friction points with the other tenants in the malls, Chris, that are going, you have a lot of hurdles. Yes. Today. I'm we're talking right now though. So I'm, I can see your vision for JCPenney down the road, but I'm saying like in the next several years, there's still a pretty significant hurdle for them to get over for Amazon to take over the whole mall. You have, unless all those other things are going out of business and you also have the do you need the size of an entire giant mall? Do you need that? I don't know that you need to take up that much real estate. You're, that's why, I mean, look at what we're seeing happen at the malls. They're turning into multi-unit housing developments and gyms and other well, things. So. Yeah, but you
0: could still do that. That doesn't change anything. And I know I was going to ask Carter that Carter actually would probably love to live in an apartment complex run by Amazon and Alexa voice. Carter probably shaking his head.
3: Yes, I'd love but that.
0: A hundred percent, right? And I think you, this is why I love doing the show because I think you just made it even clearer in my head, you know, why this makes, why this makes a ton of sense because, and I lost my train of thought as it was coming out to me, but like Amazon can get in there and do all of that because we, we've we talked on past shows about, it's coming back to me now. We talked on past shows about what if a mall had a front face digitally? Oh, what does Amazon have? It has a marketplace? Why does it have a retailer just plug into that if it wants to keep its existing mall operation open? Oh, what else can it do? Well, it could probably coordinate curbside pickup and fulfillment for you out of a localized warehouse in the mall, or maybe a nearby uh, you know, distribution facility as well. All those things that we talked about in terms of economies of scale needing to be added to the mall. Amazon's built to do it already. Every single thing we've written and talked about, it's there.
3: This should be its own 30-minute segment in advance. There's so or There's in so itself. It's so much to talk about here.
0: So much good stuff. And the numbers are jumping on LinkedIn as we do it. So I love it. But anyway, all right. And any last things to say? I'll deal with you later. All right. Good. <laughs> that was fun though. We'll that was finish fun. It that was fun. You know I who do... really like? You know who really liked that?
3: Oh, Tom brought up a really good point. Oh, Tom. So a lot of the conversation has been around uh Amazon buying AMC. What's right. another big mall tenant?
0: Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Right. Yeah. And you know, now so that's where out. I
1: take my tinfoil hats and the then he hat goes, to quit Am- right a- on.
3: There's some great ones in here, Tom. I won't keep going. Amazon Annie's pretzels is probably one of my
1: favorite. <laughs> Amazon Annie's pretzels.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, that was fun. It was a blast. I, I just wanted to have a lot of fun today with that. It was cool. Um, you know who really liked it too? It was Jeff and Terry. You know what?
1: It. Jeff what? and Terry look like they are prepped and ready for a Zoom call. And I think that I will just give a quick shout out for, for sure. Our- live shopping event this afternoon, um, for everyone and anyone who wants to get prepped for their zoom call. We're going to do a tutorial, the last three things that you should do before you get on that zoom call. Um, so join us at 4 PM. We'll also be live streaming that event today. 4 PM. Yeah. Sunday, especially if you're listening to
0: NBC. us live. Yeah. If you're listening to us in the podcast, uh, and will we have that on rec- Will that be recorded too? So that our loyal Omnitalk talk fans can watch it. Better? Well,
1: We'll, we will have that on record, Chris. We thank will have you. it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for thank you for, for that. that was, that's After awesome. that
1: Amazon and JCPenney conversation, I will take any dig I can get.
0: <laughs> Probably well-deserved on my part. Probably well-deserved on my part. All right. Well, that closes us up. One thing we do want to make sure that we make mention of is we want everyone to have a really awesome Memorial Day weekend. We hope everyone has a safe, fun-filled weekend. It's important to take a break. We've all been working really hard. It's just definitely been a period of time that has been hard on everyone psychologically too i can imagine so let's all take a break get a little bit of respite enjoy the time with our friends and families as much as possible whether virtually or in person as always please remember to like review and subscribe to our podcasts on wherever you listen to our podcasts and of course to our video channel on youtube thanks to our sponsors takeoff and trigo and finally as always be careful out there